0: Hello, this is Stephen Bashong with Solar Speaks. Today we're speaking with the CEO of All Earth Renewables, David Blittersdorf. All Earth Renewables is a Vermont-based company that builds the all-sun solar tracker and home wind turbines. Thank you for joining us today, David. Glad to be here. So there's a lot happening in Vermont lately and around the country when it comes to renewable energy. We'll get to that in just a second. First, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about what your
1: company does. All Earth Renewables uh
0: Tell me a little bit about what the lay of the land is in Vermont when it comes to renewable energy.
1: Well, Vermont's very interesting. Uh, We have this sort of uh, mystique about it that we're very environmental, which we are, um, and uh, we actually have an energy plan in place that says by the year 2050 we'll have uh, 90% of all energy, not just electricity, but all of our energy from renewable energy sources. And that was put in place uh, about a year ago, and we have uh, a standard offer program, which is a feed and tariff, the first one, in the United States. Now, there's a bill going
0: through right now, is that correct?
1: Yes, uh, there's an anti-wind bill um, trying to ban wind, and it would affect solar and other renewables, too, if passed. It's going through the Senate right now. Now, I
0: understand uh, All Earth uh, does something with wind. You you build uh, home turbines or have some in testing. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. um, All Earth. Uh, about six years ago, um, I started the company to develop a residential wind turbine. Uh, We have a very good uh, design. Uh, We had 20 turbines out in test, uh, but uh, we have stopped going forward with the small turbine because it uh, was basically too small, and with the financial crisis of 08 uh, and the solar panel prices, uh, cost of solar dropping like a rock, uh, we could no longer compete in the market. So uh, as of 2009, we switched to uh, the solar tracker business Uh, that's uh, been allowing us to grow very substantially when the small wind business is uh, really a tough business these days.
0: That's interesting. Will you be uh, looking into uh, perhaps returning to it?
1: if uh, the time is right? Well, our technology is still being tested. We still have about 12 machines running. Uh, the problem really is uh, the cost compared to uh, solar. You know, as, as you know, the, the price of solar and the raw module prices are, you know, sub $1.00. And uh, small wind can't compete with with the other problems of permitting and siting and just where people live. Uh, you know, I find even in Vermont that uh, you know when we go to a customer, about half to three quarters of them we can do solar uh, wind. Uh, it took us over 300 customer site visits to find 20 test sites that we could use for small wind. So you know, as far as the breadth of the market, it's it's a there's orders of magnitude difference on on what you could do for a homeowner. The
0: small wind
1: right now? Small wind works uh, mainly in uh, the rural areas of the Midwest where you have a lot of wind, Uh, but most people don't live where it's the windiest. (laughs) Uh, But there are uh, places that it works uh, where your permitting is is low cost and your electric rates are high enough um, under net metering. But most small wind states, or, or most states where you can do small wind, out in the, in the small renewable business because it, it doesn't get as many of the incentives that I think solar gets. Really
0: interesting. Um, can you tell us just a little bit more about the uh, anti-wind bill going through the Vermont legislature right now?
1: Yeah, uh, it, it was very disappointing to have this come up. Uh, there, there's been, some as I said, some very well-funded opposition to the most recent wind farms that have been put in. Vermont, Uh only has four wind farms. Uh, the first one was installed, uh, gosh, 15 years ago, a small 6-megawatt farm. And then in the last uh, uh, year, a 40-megawatt farm was built. And then uh, December, uh, two more came online, a 63-megawatt and a 10-megawatt. So now uh, people get to see what a wind farm looks like on our ridges, and uh, there's a certain segment of our population. It's by studies here, uh, uh, around 10 to 15 percent oppose wind, but uh, almost 70 percent support it. But they're very well funded and they've gotten the ear of some of the legislators. And I think it's more political why this is happening, but there was a proposed three-year moratorium on any wind development. Don't want to see wind turbines there's another law-based thing that's happening right now that's
0: impacting renewables and it's the uh, recent government budget cuts known as the sequester or sequestration is
1: all earth renewables impacted by that at all uh, yes we are uh, in fact uh, one of the projects I did that's uh, somewhat related but not is uh, I developed uh, the, the four Finished it uh, December 31st under the Treasury Grant Program 1603. Uh, we've submitted our Treasury Grant, but we're going to get uh, the haircut on it, which is really sad. Uh, it really puts the returns uh, at risk and lower. Uh, so that's one thing that happened. The other thing is we safe harbored under 1603 uh, about a megawatt of projects. Uh, actually, it's more than that. It it, it will. Uh, assuming we're going to get this uh, haircut on the Treasury grant. Uh, So everything's stopped on those um, to see what's going to
0: happen. Two questions. First, can you explain uh, what safe harbor means? And then second, when do you think you can expect to move forward on these projects?
1: Okay, uh, Yeah. the safe harbor is we had to define sites and uh, define how much of at least five future solar project after the end of 2012 had to be paid for and bought. Basically, you had to spend the money uh, and figure out what to do and then sit on it, and you could build it later and then could still get Treasury, because Treasury Grant uh, 1603 disappeared at the end of 2012. So we did that, and a you know, large number of people in the solar industry did that. Uh, you couldn't do it in large wind because the tax credit disappeared um, and, uh, at the end of 2012. to keep going and using Treasury when the Treasury grant program uh, was no longer going to go forward. And on these Safe Harbor projects, uh, since uh, we get to start construction uh, after the spring here, uh, we've decided not to start construction on these until we have something out of Washington, what's going to happen, because right now uh, they came into play March 1st. Everyone's running around saying, are they going to do anything? Is there going to be any movement in the House and Senate uh, at the federal level or not? So we're anticipating just waiting. Uh, it may be midsummer. Um, uh, this can go on for years, uh, the, the first wave of this um is not
0: your first experience as CEO. You ran NRG Systems, which is an international leader in wind measurement. Um, what lessons have you learned as the CEO of a renewable energy company?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, yeah, I have uh, 30, 30 years of experience in uh, renewables, uh, starting with NRG in 1982. And uh, I guess some of the lessons uh, over the years is uh, you, you need to follow the markets. Uh, you need. <coughs> long-term vision, um, a good management team, um, and what I found over the years with uh, all the different incentives that drive markets and states and countries is you need to be name in, in uh, the solar track what is the niche for the solar tracker the niche is you know it's not an urban technology theres a lot of solar going on roofs but longer term uh, there's not enough roofs in in the world to produce all the solar power we need and so the niche is uh, more uh, rural settings uh, places where there's land or where people have a little bit of land and uh, so it's it's probably in the near term a, a 1% niche uh, because the concentration is on roof and urban areas, uh, but as we move out uh, and integrate a lot more solar, we're going to have a lot more ground mounts, and uh, and the niche is that uh, we can produce about 40% more energy for the same amount of solar panels, so uh, it's it's people that are looking at the, the, the life cycle costs of solar uh, we think we can uh, do as well or better than fixed solar. Um, and so that's that sort of niche part. Now, clearly, Vermont
0: has a really uh, progressive stance on renewable energy and policies and goals. But as you look out over America, i curious where you thought the future for renewable energy was going for the country as a whole.
1: Well, as a country, uh, we, we have a, a very huge uh, need for renewables. Uh, you tie the carbon problem, climate change, into uh, what we have to do with, the, with decreasing fossil fuel use, especially coal and oil and even natural gas. All these have to decrease to hit our carbon targets. Uh, otherwise, we're going to decimate our planet through climate change. So it's a huge market. Uh, you know, how do we get there? Uh, it's going to be messy. Um, I don't think... Uh, We we hope to use Vermont as an example of how you can do it. We're very small, and uh, we think we can move a little faster than other states and our federal government, but we can show the way of how to integrate uh, all renewables, wind, solar, hydro, uh, biomass, into an integrated electric system using smart grid um, and electrify our, our energy system here in the United States. Well, thank you for your time, David. Well, thank you, Stephen.
0: That was David Blittersdorf, CEO of All Earth Renewables.